2: Hey everyone, today's guest is Chris Freeman, rhythm guitarist and backing vocalist for the Lansing, Michigan punk rock band, Hot Mulligan. Together we break down the writing, recording, and inspiration behind the fan favorite hit, Equip Sunglasses, taken from their 2020 album, You'll Be Fine. I had the pleasure of touring with Hot Mulligan in the fall of 2021. And the amount of ground these guys have covered in the last two years has been nothing short of phenomenal. This band is blowing up big time due to songs such as Equip Sunglasses. Chris said that this one was demoed very quickly and passed off to the rest of the band, who were immediately impressed. So impressed that they knew it was going to be a featured single and focal point of the record, even before recording the final product. Producer Brent Romnes, who also engineered and mixed the album, totally crushes it here. Chris said that Brett is like the fifth member of the band. He lets them be themselves and strives to capture that feel, energy, and passion, which he perfectly crafted here. So for all this and some more cowbell, buckle up, partner. It's about to get wild.
3: Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast.
2: Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast. Hey, hey, have you heard? Krista makes a podcast hey hey have you heard Christ makes a
1: podcast
2: well hey chris how's it going i'm great chris
1: how are you doing
2: good it's a chris trifecta today me you and chris fafalius here we've had a chris on before it gets a little confusing but we're good how are you you know enjoying my sweet morning yeah where are yep. you living now because I, I you know and i want to say did we talk about the you know me being from michigan and you being from michigan as well when we were on the road together you know i don't know if we got there i don't think we got there either so now are you in are you in california now i am okay okay so you're not in lansing the uh, bustling metropolis of lansing michigan
1: yeah yeah all one street
2: of of excitement (laughs) you ever get over to flint
1: oh i've been over there (laughs)
2: i'm being i'm being facetious so I, i i uh i was born in novi okay or excuse me, born in Livonia. I grew up in Novi. But anyway, yeah, we were on the road together in 2021, late August, all of September and part of October. You guys were out with us in newfound glory. It was our first thing we did uh, out of the pandemic. It was probably yours as well, right? Yep, ditto. Yeah. And it was cool to see I kept hearing a buzz on this band, Hot Mulligan. And next thing I know, they're out on the Newfound Glory Tour. And if there's one thing I can say about Newfound, and Chad Gilbert in particular, he's always had his pulse on what's bubbling and what's next and what's coming up. I didn't think for the life of me, though, seeing you two years ago, and this is no disrespect to you or the band, where you went from there to now, it is, it's is—it's insane. The the amount of ground that you guys have covered selling out places like House of Blues in Boston. Congratulations, man. I'm happy for you guys. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. It's cool to see because, you know, our crowd and deaf you know, Newfound Glory's crowd is an older crowd. So to go out there, you know, yeah, you got the people, you know, that I think you got a good reaction, but you weren't in front of your own crowd. I could imagine it; it's nuts. And I went and watched some YouTube videos and and, and got to see your crowd and how, uh, how much they love you guys.
1: Yeah, that tour was like pretty important for us because like you said, it definitely wasn't our own crowd. But um, nowadays we do have kind of that older fan base. And I think that tour is... Um, part of one of those reasons. I think it's sick if you're a younger band and you can win over the older people who are probably aren't necessarily looking for new artists all the time.
2: Right, right. And I always kind of like that, that challenge. Uh, I, I call it uh, preaching to the converted. We get out in front of the same audience all the time. You know, you, you got to get up in front of new people. And sometimes that's scary. We, you know, we've been in front of an audience before going, well, I don't know how this is going to go, you know, and you you start to get a little intimidated in your head and, and you can't, you just got to go out and do what you do right so and i was looking and noticed that this is also happening in england and europe as well with you it's just this groundswell that's happening have you made it over to australia or japan yet
1: no we got um our first australian headliner coming up and i want to say it's february maybe it's march um okay no no plans for japan right now but i know we're talking about it with the team and stuff trying to get over there have you ever been
2: to australia no Oh, buddy. I'm stoked for you. You're going you're gonna to have a ball, and, and you will get to Japan with what's going on with you guys. A little bit about the band. Uh, you released two EPs before signing to No Sleep in 2017. Uh, your debut album, Pilot, was on No Sleep in 2018. And in 2020, uh, right at the start <laughs> of the world shutting down, you guys released your second record, You'll Be Fine. And uh, it features the song, Equip Sunglasses. That we're going to be talking about today which is so funny because this song was was new basically when we were touring with you guys a couple years ago yeah so right off the bat when i asked you about what song you immediately picked this one yeah and i went and it's got a ton of views a ton of plays on spotify ton of views on youtube and a couple other places but what is it about this track do you think that gets the crowd going why do they relate so hard to it because again i watched some live videos and people are going nuts
1: yeah i think The vocal melody has a big part to do with it, but I think we've got a lot of songs with great vocal melodies, but it's also the lead guitar part is a part I've noticed Uh even, especially those Europeans, like they sing the riff when it comes. Yes. So that's a good sign, especially for like, maybe not people who have English as their first language. Like if English is a second language and they're still singing the guitar part, I think that's a good sign for if the song is catchy and stuck in your head and then um it's also like our one of our like poppiest in terms of like danceability. i suppose that chorus has the 16th note like sure. thing going on kind of like some 1975 or some like 80s okay stuff. yeah yeah and that i think that initial vocal the when the first vocal comes in he's just like screaming over what is really like a medium forte like drum thing like it's not really loud you wouldn't expect if you don't know the band that the first thing you hear is tate's barking at you
2: (laughs) well we're gonna we're we're gonna get there in a second we're gonna comb through this thing i want to talk about a couple couple more things do you recall do you remember writing equip sunglasses and was it specifically for the record you'll be fine or was this a was this a holdover from the first album
1: yeah yeah i remember it actually super clearly it was for you'll be fine at the time we had enough songs written minus some vocals to go do our record but we felt like we wanted we needed like another single or something so we did like one more writing session probably a couple weeks before we went to go record and normally we were jamming in my parents basement like full loud drums or whatever and i just moved into an apartment So I had an electric drum kit set up and the guys came over and I had these like three inch baby studio monitors that we were running our guitars through and Logic with just like the stock Logic amp sims or whatever. And uh, yeah, we were just jamming like quiet mode.
2: How different uh, was the demo to the finished product? Honestly, like it's about
1: the same. I think we've finished up the song, like just demoing it. And then we were like, cool and then got to the studio and even we're telling our producer like this is the one we don't need to change anything about it like this is the song
2: wow you were that confident about it even at that stage yeah that's awesome and, and real quick not to cut you off speaking of your producer i'm familiar with mr brett romney's okay this guy uh is also known as the rat and we had Vinny from i am the avalanche on the show breaking down brooklyn dodgers and that was like one of the first records, if not the first record that, that Brett had done. And I was blown away. It was the, the first project. I'm like, this is the first thing he did. It sounds absolutely incredible, and he did it again here. What's it like working with him? This record sounds awesome.
1: Dude, it's incredible working with him. I know some bands go in and they want like the producer to really maybe take the reins and like, really form the song, but working with him, it's not that he's just feels like an extension of the band and he's never like telling us like, Oh, like, I think you should do this, or this would be better, or this is the move. And he speaks up like only if we've like hit a wall or something. And other than that, he like, he lets us do our whole thing. And if we got like electronic production elements we've done in the demos, he's like, you know, just send me those stems and I'll drop them in instead of him like, Redoing it and be like, no, nah, like I know how to do it better. Like he just lets us run wild with it. It's it's sick.
2: I love producers that do that. They, yeah, there's so many, so many times. I, I I read a recently. Butch Walker did a Green Day record, and Billy brought him a recording. and He's like, okay, so this is gonna go on the record, right? It's a great song, and Billy was like, well, yeah, it's gonna go on the record. He's like, well. What am I going to do to this? It's already there, and and the demo they actually took and just remixed it, and and that ended up that ended up being. So I respect a producer that can do that. That can get out of their own way and say, you know what? Why am I going to try to muck something up here? That's uh, that that's already great. So that's really cool that uh, that Brett does that.
1: Yeah, and then it's even like when we do get stuck or something too, he's not the type of guy to tell you what to do, but he gives you a new way of thinking to let you find out what you do yourself with this new approach, which I really appreciate as an artist and songwriter.
2: That's awesome. Well, before we get into the song, do you have the demo, and don't stress out over this, but if you could send us the demo, we'd like to play a snippet of it if we could.
1: Okay, yeah, I should have the demo laying around actually. (laughs)
2: The song is two minutes and 43 seconds. The song's called Equip Sunglasses. And I know how to use the word equip or equipped in a sentence, but I'm sitting there trying to define it in my head. And I actually had to look it up. Uh, Equip uh, supply with the necessary items for a particular purpose. So you got to equip yourself with your sunglasses. We got a four bar intro off the top. It's just drums on bar four panned left. There's a guitar that gives us a junk, which leads things into verse one. of some sus and diminished chords here which is interesting when those octaves come in later because the way those susses play off those octaves is gnarly
1: yeah yeah we play in um this open tuning d-a-c-g-c-e which is like a sus chord on its own and we pretty much just change in this song anyways we pretty much just change the two root notes and like let the rest of the strings ring the whole time
2: Ah, you just gave me your secret, because here I am screwing around trying to figure this out last night, and I was getting <laughs> some of it. My fingers are all over that. Look like I had a bad case case of arthritis. So uh, that's that. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. Um, so yeah, right out of this, this leads uh, right into verse one, and I'm going to read these lyrics. And I know that uh, your singer, Nathan Sanville, we call him, you call him Tades. Uh, yep. I know he wrote the lyrics here, but uh, I'd like to talk about him and, and and kind of break them down with you if we could. Head on a pike. Plain and vacant tonight as you cry through your phone. Let the masses support all the hate that you spit. Keep a mouthful of shit. See your smile out at town and our shirt that you sport. Woe's me. I think it's woe's, you know, W-O-E apostrophe S. That's what I take and it it means woe is me. Is that what you would take?
1: Yeah, that's how I interpret it as well.
2: Okay. Okay. So woe is me? So what's going on here lyrically and when you wrote the song, the music to this, did you have any melodies or any lyrical ideas, or do you leave that up to Tades to uh, to comb through and do?
1: Uh, sometimes I have ideas, but this song, I did not. We were just jamming, and he started spitballing. And, uh, I mean, the first, well, the whole song is him kind of just, like, dunking on uh, haters, really, telling them to go, go fuck yourself.
2: Yeah, I like this song. Um, I blanking. I had another one about it's almost like young youth high school type rebellion. And you know, that stuff follows you through life. So this is, it, this isn't necessarily a, a, a young person's song, but I love these lyrics. It's an impassioned, screamy vocal that comes in right off the top here on verse one with that single guitar and the drums, nice closed, tight hi hat continues here from the intro. I love the sparseness here. Uh, very open and honest sounding in this part. And in my notes, I had written uh, because I was thinking about this band, I want to I want to get them on the podcast. Do you remember a band called Local H? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Nowhere nowhere else in the song reminds me of them except this first verse. And I again, I love the sparseness. It's just that guitar and just that uh, just that drum with the vocal, and it's it sounds honest and open. Was that the idea from the get go with the demo, or did did you have other stuff here, bass and things?
1: Um, yeah, from the get go, it just started like that with just the guitar. Um and the drums and the vocal yeah uh, but i don't think we were like necessarily aimed to make it sparse in comparison we we're just you know still a younger band so like that is like our instrumentation and you know, yeah, it didn't really actually put a second thought into that. It's just how it happens.
2: That's interesting and that's really cool because I I would have never done that on my first two or three records, kept something that sparse. It just wasn't the the animal that, that my band is. That's something that I might want to do now. Like, let's save the, the chorus or the pre-chorus where it gets heavier. Let's keep the verse sparse. But I, I think for a younger band that uh, some, sometimes things like that are cool because when you're younger in bands with a, a bunch of, you know, a lot of times guys in your case. Uh, Eagles will take over it's like well i want to play here i want to play over this part i want to play over this part and i like when there's restraint and the song comes first yeah the uh pre-chorus one comes right off of verse one Eavesdrop in class. Keep your ear to the glass woes me so you get the lyric woes me again and i'm considering this the pre-chorus not part of the verse because right off the verse uh, it's a 16 bar pre-chorus i'm calling it fairly long but what a great setup here bass guitar and another guitar panned off right join the party along with a super catchy guitar lick it's the hook i'm calling it of this song kind of chorus and flangey uh, was that was that uh, lick doubled
1: uh, yeah, that's doubled up and it's got like octave pedal on it. I think maybe yeah. maybe two or three octaves on there. It does sound
2: a little synthy, kind of dancey. You know, you, you talked about dance. I don't know if that was intentional, but it kind of makes me feel that way with that the way the tonality is.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've always been into synths and stuff like that. I think uh, the octave idea was Ryan's part our other guitarist and he's into definitely some more like creative guitar effects and stuff like that. And people who play like that for maybe like a whole song and stuff.
2: Well, what I love about it is all 16 bars, you're getting this guitar lick, but on bar five, that's when the vocals come in. And uh, <laughs> this part eavesdropping class, keep your ear to the glass. Woes me. And the way that uh, Tade sings that the delivery and the way he said, woes me on that part in particular, It's quite possibly the catchiest part of the song and it only happens once again later in the tune near the end, but it's brilliant. Have you ever had those songs? I love the rest of the song, but those two parts and I've had songs before that I didn't really like the rest of the song. But there was two parts in the song that were so amazing that you would listen to the song over and over again and I like this whole song, but that part in particular just really sticks out here. It's different. It's very cool. Got a question on bar four and 12 here in this pre-chorus. Okay. There's a synthy sounding like hi-hat off to the right, panned. It only happens twice. Interesting.
1: (laughs) Interesting.
2: So the drums are going, the hi-hat's coming. I'm like, what is this? It's it's almost jarring and it's really cool. It's on the fourth bar right before the vocals come in and it's on bar 12, it's great. After What Was Me, the guitar lick and the band go for another eight bars. Um, and again, it's just, to me, it's such an interesting setup for chorus number one. And I doubly love it because you don't have a pre-chorus 2 in the song. It only happens later. So from an arranging standpoint, I think that's really cool. And again, I'm going to ask, up to this point, was the demo uh, following the same arrangement? Yep. And now, did anybody in the band when you brought the demo? I know you said all the guys liked it, and, and Brett seems more of a you know getting sounds guy and an engineer. It, it sounds like he's kind of leaving the band to do what they want. But what were people interjecting at this point? Like when Tade's heard it, did he already have an idea what the song uh, was going to be lyrically?
1: Um, so when we got to this point in the song, we were like jamming it the first time before it's the song ryan wasn't sure what to do with uh the lead part and we were considering like keeping this verse kind of open or a lot of times you do this like arpeggiated lead just to like pad things out but with this like chunky rhythm that it's got going on the but 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 thing i wanted to like riff something so i like i started the first part of that lead guitar just like the duh duh, duh but like i didn't I didn't get much farther than that. So I just gave Ryan the inspiration to try something like that. And then he laid the rest of it down with it, like one or two, like just jams through the progression. And it was pretty much all instantly like, yes, yep, that's exactly that. Like, don't change a thing. And I don't know if Tades was, I don't remember if he was saying anything yet. I know a lot of time writing this record, he would be like, okay, like I got something, but we wouldn't hear him do it until um he's like all done he like he wouldn't show us where he was in the process to maybe like work something out he would just like nope nope like hold on and then just come in and deliver it.
2: Now, I, I know all you guys about the same. And we toured together. We hung out a little bit. But, you know, don't know you that well. But that's my impression of him. He seems guarded. He seems like, you know what? This is my lyric. Let me work on this till like, I get it how I want to present it. Is that is that a fair uh, assumption? Yep. So right out of pre-chorus 1, we get into chorus 1. Okay? It seems like so much has went on up to this point in the song, but we're only at the 36 second mark. You talked about that 16th note shuffle. The drums go to a shuffle feel here on the hi-hat. Bass, stereo guitars uh, are playing a syncopated rhythm as octave guitars are running underneath. Those octave guitars are mixed brilliantly here, and I know Brett mixed the record as well. I love where they sit in the mix behind those stereo guitars that are kind of punching you with that, uh, syncopated rhythm. Yeah. Were any of those on the demo, those octaves?
1: Yeah, I believe the octaves were on there.
2: Okay. So you were already hearing that. Yep. See, you know, when I first started doing demos, they were just crude cassette recordings, you know, and we didn't have smartphones and, you know, you'd record on, on, on whatever you had. And then when I did get something to record on, you know, I mean, I had a four track and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, even when I got pro tools initially, I was just doing guitar and vocal demos and then finally got to the point where, you know, in order for me to get my vision or, you know, to be fully realized, I gotta, I gotta build these out a little bit more. And I found that, that I do that w- with all my demos now, but do you ever feel sometimes that, you know what, Here's the basic chords of the song. The shell and the bones of this thing are great, but I don't want to put all the the bells and whistles in. I want to let the rest of the band maybe do something there. Is is that ever an approach? I mean, like, definitely to, like,
1: start the demo, but once things fill out a little bit, I am I become, like, so invested that I'm like, all right, now imagine, like, maybe Brett will do this better, but I want to reverse cymbal swell here and, like... Uh-huh bike production and stuff like that so when i'm demoing i want to know like like if brett wasn't there like if i could do it myself or like how close i could get and stuff so it's like always a challenge for me to see like how pro i can make it on my own especially at this point in our career i was really like just trying to learn everything all the time.
2: Would you say that you, uh, you know, along with Brett, of course, again, he engineered mixed and produced the record, but you're kind of like the band's producer it sounds like. You know, you're kind of over overseeing everything, you know. Yeah, people are contributing parts, but you're you're kind of making uh, some of the final decisions.
1: Yeah, I'm normally the the starter and the finisher, but um, you know, I don't tell anyone what to play or nothing. It's
3: good to write. Is it
2: It's good to hate, isn't it? Popping veins, dissonance. Draw and quarter a stranger to feel some blood on your fingers. You take away robbery. Follow trends as a hobby. Find flaws in everything else because you don't like yourself. Woe is me. That's the lyric to me and the song. That right there. Find flaws in everything or in everybody else. Because you don't like yourself. <laughs> Aren't we all guilty of that? At some point? It's like, you know, I've felt that emotion before or oh, this band's doing great or this movie's everyone wants to watch it and I don't and I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, pee on everyone's Cheerios.
1: Yeah, total projection. But even if you can't see that, like that's why you're doing that. I mean a lot a lot of the times you can't see that. Like you're just so angry at something, but
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you find a place of like clarity later on where you're maybe like more confident in yourself and realize some of your anger and stuff is misguided just because you didn't know like who you are.
2: I love lyrics like this eavesdropping class, you know, most people that are in class are younger, but not necessarily. Okay. And uh, I'm here to tell you, if anyone's uh, a teenager listening to this, uh, when you get older, uh, the pettiness and the politics and all the rest of the stuff, it uh, doesn't get any better. So it's <laughs> 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 these, these lyrics will, will, will still hold true. Something else interesting here. We don't have any harmonies in the song. The vocals here in the chorus sound double-tracked. Do you recall if they were doubled?
1: Yep, they're doubled.
2: Yeah, okay. Sound, sounds great. Uh, on me, on woe's me, on the word me, it's screamed by itself. And again, I wrote, I love that we get the hook of woe is me, not only in the verse, not only in the pre-chorus, but the chorus. That's a cool lyric. I can't recall. I'm sure someone said it like in a verse of a song, Woe is Me, but never is the hook sang this many times. It's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting, too, like when we talked about how it's like, is it woe is me or is it the woe apostrophe S? And Mm -hmm. just tades on some like English literature type. Like because woe apostrophe S does not mean like woe is English language if you like want to get technical about it but like you understand the expression of it so it's like you know I'm maybe I studied English in school for a little bit so I'm like scratching my head when I, I first hear that but it's like that's just like pure artist shit.
2: I've always loved ambiguity in lyrics. I've always loved, well, what does it mean to you? You yeah. know, I, I, I like that vagueness sometimes. And I think, I think this is great. And, and again, that if, if you're going to sum up this song, to me, it's those two, two lines. They're fine flaws and everything else because you don't like yourself. It's awesome.
3: Hey,
0: everybody, don't go anywhere. We got lots more coming up with Chris Freeman after a few words from our sponsors. you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there one hit thunder is a podcast where we celebrate and occasionally have a laugh about those bands and artists that had one song that most people remember although many musicians may reject the term one hit wonder we beg to differ with their aversion to it because wouldn't we all love to have a beloved hit song On One Hit Thunder, we're joined by interesting guests from the world of music and comedy to dive into one artist each week. Our back catalog runs deep with episodes about everyone from Wild Cherry to Snow to Tag Team to Harvey Danger, and a new episode comes out every Wednesday. Subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your podcasts and join in on the fun. And now, back to the show.
2: After chorus one, we get a 16-bar reintro. The first four bars, the guitar is panned left, and the guitar lick hook is panned off to the right. Then the stereo guitars and the lick, which is now centered with the bass and the drums, come in for 12 more bars. On the 15th bar in this section, the guitar goes by itself, panned off left, and a really cool drum fill takes us in to verse two. prisoner compliance you'll tend to your bias be sure you're identical to all your peers keep your head low suggestive horror show like clockwork predictable simple then turn of a gear it's cool man there's some cool you know the the line of uh be sure you're identical to all your peers and I always felt that growing up, I didn't go to a school that that made you wear a uniform. Um, you know, some some of my friends did. They went to Catholic school or whatever, but there was certainly a, a conformity. And if you, I found out very early on that if you didn't conform to that, that you were looked at as the outcast. You know, you were the we called them burnouts in school, or the stoners, or the the metalheads, and you know, all your different factions there. So when I read a lyric like that you know, and they talk about peers and class. Yeah. It could be about that time period of your life. But again, this leads you forever. This takes you <laughs> into adulthood. It doesn't, it doesn't stop there.
1: Yeah. No, I feel like there's definitely like conformity and that that's how you get these like subcultures, like, you know, the punks and the stoners and stuff like that. But, and it, it doesn't stop there. I'm going to say, for lack of a better term, we're going to say Hot Mulligan is like a punk rock band, you know, like guitar angst. Obviously, Less Than Jake is a punk rock band, but just because you like refuse to conform to this mainstream way and you end up in this punk rock world, like it doesn't stop because you've gone to this non conformist world. Like there's not rules, but there's like rules to punk or like sure. skateboard culture and all these things that you say are like these. Free thinking spaces but suddenly you do this and you're not punk or like you can't hang here because you think that so like even when you try to get away from it you you, you do end up in another another spot that's got these rules
2: well and yeah and you guys are doing well enough now that i'm that i'm sure you've had some some smack talkers back in old lansing michigan or some oh those guys are this or those guys are that and you're just yep. out there doing your, you're just out there doing your thing so it's interesting when i'm <laughs> researching for the episode you guys uh, hot mulligan is a post emo band from lansing michigan i don't know if i've heard that term i've heard post punk i've heard emo post emo and i always do an intro on here so i think i'm just gonna say punk rock band from lansing is that okay yeah that's fine yeah we'll, we'll leave we'll leave the post emo out of it a lot of cool things happening here in verse two same instrumentation as verse one but the stereo guitars here sound a bit bigger do you know if they were, were mixed a little louder here in verse two that's what it sounds like possibly
1: yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they were mixed a little louder and then i think it's also that juxtaposition from coming out of the first chorus they're filtered right as you come out of the chorus with that like uh, radio pass or like radio. Yes. Hit. So that definitely helps. But I think they might be chunked up a little bit here to give that second verse some more depth.
2: Now, on this verse, on the word identical and the next line to all your peers, it, it sounds like there's super subtle, way buried back harmonies on those lines. Yes, be sure you're
3: identical.
2: I don't know if that was a guitar lick or something in the back or an octave that made it sound like that following it, but it's very interesting because I don't hear harmonies until that spot, and I kept listening over and over and over, and it sounds like there's harm. If there's not, whatever's happening there is super cool.
1: Yeah, I don't remember if we um, did a harmonies there or not. I know I don't sing any live, which leads me to believe that we probably didn't do it, but maybe there was like a a scratch take even or something that's left in there. I'm I'm not sure.
2: And for those listening right now, what he means by scratch take, that could either just be like something you were practicing or it could even be, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, something maybe uh, taken from the initial demo you did, right?
1: Yeah, it wouldn't have been taken from the demo in this instance, but in other songs, definitely something like that.
2: Right after the line, keep your head low, there's a high pitch guitar that comes in pan hard right. It almost sounds like a synth. It's awesome.
1: Dude, you're catching up on some things that i have like, that have been lost in <laughs> time for me.
2: I've made the joke before on the show, what, you don't sit around and listen to your own stuff? Come on, you didn't Dude, listen to I it do, this morning? <laughs> I do, from
1: time to time, I, I go in, but I, I, maybe I'm not listening that critically sometimes. Well,
2: I'm telling you that there's a high-pitched guitar that's panned hard right, Chris, that comes in here and it, it follows through for the rest of the verse. Also, from that lyric, keep your head low until the last lyric, then turn of the gear. The vocals here are overdubbed as the previous line holds out underneath. It makes this part sound really urgent and way different than verse one. I think that's awesome, the overlapping.
1: Yeah, Yep. I think we just realized that that was a good part to do a trade-off when we hadn't done any vocal trade-offs on this song yet. And that's something we we like to do a lot is trade-off between Tates and I.
2: Is that you singing in that? So that's you and him in that section. Yep. Okay, that's what now are you singing anywhere else in this?
1: That's where my vocals come in in the song and then I sing in the bridge too.
2: Okay. Okay. So yes. I thought there was a couple things going on here cuz that was my next question. <laughs> I've done that before where you've overdubbed stuff. Now you got to go sing it live. And you're like, how do you do it? You know, you got to have someone else in the band and in this case you you can cover the part or do the part cuz it's you.
1: Yeah, we we try to avoid anything that would like you couldn't do the base of it live. Like if there's a part where it's like, I'm going to need you to sing this live. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to sing it on the record. Then it's not going to be, we're not going to make a difference.
2: Yeah. I, I love that. We we've always held on to that because you know, first and foremost, we're a live band. So if we can't, we can't do it live. We, we always kind of typically shied away from it right out of verse two. Talked about this a little bit ago, but we don't get a pre-chorus here. I love it. I I absolutely love that you don't go there, but we do get it later because that that melody line, I'm telling you, it's absolute gold. It's the thing that sticks out. I I cannot get that part out of my head. But why didn't you go to a pre-chorus here?
1: Uh, Don't bore us. Get to the chorus.
2: Don't bore us. Get to the chorus. Well, I kind of think... That you had a pretty long uh, reintro, a 16 bars after chorus one. That part's awesome. It's great what 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 uh, is going on there. But by the time you get to the end of verse two, you got to hit that chorus. I think you made the right call, and it's perfect.
3: It's good to
2: Again, chorus two, same instrumentation as chorus one, uh, same lyrics, not hearing any harmonies. We are getting that double tracked uh, vocal and then we get into another 16 bars of a guitar solo. Drums, bass, and stereo guitars are in. The stereo guitars go to a strumming pattern here. The solo is reminiscent of the main guitar hook a bit, but just in feel, in the congruity of the part. Uh, Drums get loud on the crash uh, here, and a 16th note tambourine comes in in this part. Really makes the part move.
1: I love that 16th note tambourine shit.
2: Yeah, no, it's, I I, I talk about that a lot. I laugh because I remember, I want to say it was Lagwagon put a tambourine on something years ago and people were calling them sellouts. This is like in the mid nineties. It's like, you can't do that as a punk band, you know? And um, something as as simple as a 16th note tambourine, what that does to a part. And I love that it runs for the rest of the song too, that it doesn't come out. And and, uh, I think that's really cool. After this 16-bar guitar solo, we go into the bridge. It's 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 getting harder not to lose myself when you clearly wanted someone else. Staying awake because I never feel safe at home. Double check the locks and hide my phone. Try to drink away peripheral ghosts. Turn out the lights. It's my fault. I'm never alone. And man, did that line hit me. Try to drink away peripheral ghosts. I felt that. I've been out not feeling right. uh, Got got broke up with or something. And you just, you you, you don't want to feel what you're feeling in that moment. And then you wake up the next day and you went, uh, it's still there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that, that line really stuck. I love what's happening here. Uh, Imagery-wise, could you expound on these lyrics a little bit? What's, uh, what's happening?
1: Yeah, so I think that's Tade's saying, like, he's put his all into these, the art and the lyrics and stuff like this. And, you know, the song is about, like, dunking on haters and stuff, but it's kind of like dunking on haters who are, fans of the band but then are like holding you to some standard you didn't tell them that like you know we're not out here trying to say like we're role models or like god or yeah how to think but then these some people think like you owe them something more than the art that you've given them when you didn't ask for that so he's saying like he feels like he's losing himself because he doesn't know like to please them or not, or to like stick to his guns and stuff, and when he resolves with, "Uh, it's my fault. I'm never alone." Like he's saying, he brought this on himself by, you know, giving the songs and like choosing to continue to tour and put himself out there in that way.
2: Being vulnerable—that's ultimately yeah. what it is. You're, you're yeah. put putting putting yourself out there. I love what you said uh, about that. About the fans that that, that put you in this box. Um, it was once said, <laughs> I think, I think they use Green Day as an example, but you know, they're out playing a 20,000 person arena. There's probably a thousand or 1500 people there that hate Green Day online and to their friends and they're not punk enough anymore, but they still bought a ticket to the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times you'll get those, those closet haters, but, uh, they're, they're, they're still there and that's all that matters. A lot of cool, uh, instrumentation going on in the bridge, a great octave guitar, uh, comes that's loosely mimicking the melody line here I, i i really really like that that 16th note tambourine is still with us and the vocals are once again overdubbed and hanging underneath the next vocal which is awesome um i'm also hearing in here between you guys singing It almost sounds like there are a couple and i've listened a bunch of times it's hard to discern but there's like every third word or fourth word like you'll hear a quick harmony that'll happen there and i love i love that it 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 sounds very ragtag it doesn't sound super tight but i think it's meant to sound that way yep yeah you're exactly right about that okay very cool and you know how how precious are you with that when you're in doing the vocals if you're like Eh, It's rubbing a little bit, but like it's got energy and it sounds real.
1: Yeah. Well, so a lot of times if you got a lead vocalist and the second guy, when the lead vocalist wants harmonies on their part, they'll have the lead vocalist harmonize with themselves, you know, to make it the same so that like the vowel sounds and everything are the same. But when we do it, Pades will sing the lead and I'll sing the harmony because when we do it live, that's how it's going to be. And in the start of the band, we get told like, no, like you don't do it. Like it's going to sound wrong, but it's like, but that's how it sounds. So that's how we want to do it. So some of those things just don't line up perfect because we got different voices and we're harmonizing over the other thing. And then there's also parts that are just like lack of experience in doing harmonies or like learning all the time where sometimes you realize a note is unison. And then you find out like where the right note is, but it sounds like too theatrical to like mm-hmm. dip down there. So we're like, ah, oh, fuck it, man. If we sing the same note, then I, I guess we do.
2: I love that you brought that up. No one's ever talked about it on the show. That is so awesome. What you just said about being young and, and not really know. I'm going to tell you something. I, uh, I, I got double, uh, double the life on you here. And I'm telling you straight up that I, I, I still have a really hard time with the harmonies <laughs> and and picking that one note like you said, like, oh, this is unison. Let's change it to this note. Like, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. And let's let's not uh, discount the power of unison, you know, that yeah. the gang vocals and, and what that can do. And sometimes you don't need the harmony. Just lay off here. Just make it in unison. It sounds tougher. Yep right on well chorus three man this chorus sounds really big uh, the tambourine is in on chorus 3 which uh, makes this chorus sound faster than the other ones it's the illusion of, of that tambo it just keeps keeps it going there uh, the drum beat is way more open here lots of double snares that come in uh, on this part and the stereo guitars are more strummed here they're not uh, not as syncopated
3: hey, isn't it
2: On the line to feel some blood on your fingers, there's a guitar harmonic, doo-doo, panned off to the left that happens there. Interesting. (laughs) So, I gotta ask you about that. You you, you gave me the deer in the headlights look here, like you, you don't know what I'm talking about. I assure you that it's there, but... Those kinds of things. Is that like stuff you sprinkle on the top? Like it's the, it, you're about to wrap up this song. Everything's there. And you say, we're going to do a final listen down. Hey, it might be cool to put a little harmonic and sprinkle something on this last chorus. Do you, do you find yourself doing things like that?
1: Oh, you're talking about the bing boom like that. Huh?
2: Yes. Oh, yes.
1: Okay. So yeah, sometimes that won't be there. Like when the drums are tracked or something and, or, sometimes it is i think in this instance it might not have been but brandon maybe put that like fill in there that made a spot that seemed different than like okay we don't just strum through this because brandon did something now our drummer so then we would get tracking like the real guitars after the scratch we just like we hit it but i don't think we ever like finish the song and then we're like all right let's go back and do the harmonic i think that was one of those things where once you heard the final drum take you're like oh this is what i do and it's mm-hmm. you know just like clear as day
2: and i've had that happen so i've i've done a guitar take and like in the middle of it i'll mess up a chord and at the end of it, i'll just go doo do like a harmonic or something, just out of yeah. nowhere. Not not thinking about it. And later on, I'll get a mix pack and that harmonics there. I'm like, what is that? You know, and they 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 snuck it in there from a take or whoever, you know, if they, they edited the guitars, they left that in there. And sometimes those little surprises are really cool. Again, chorus three, the octave guitars here are way louder in the mix. The whole chorus sounds bigger, more urgent again, because of that tambourine. And then we get into a 15 bar outro this part is the pre-chorus with the guitar lick hook the hi-hat synth is louder in the mix here panned off right on bar four and bar 12 again on the same the same bars in this in this section but that synth part is louder it's st- Whatever it is. I'm saying synth. It sounds like a hi-hat, but but like uh, almost like an MP3 <laughs> hi-hat sound. It's yeah. got like a little bit of computery crispiness going on to it or something. But I love that little flourish. You're gonna have to go back and listen to it you know what the heck I'm talking about, Chris. Yeah. Hey. He's jumping class, keep your beard to the class, sounds like a different vocal take here it's a little more aggro uh, on eavesdrop in class keep your ear to the glass woes me and a lot of times when we're recording in Pro Tools we'll just copy and paste do you try to keep takes and choruses different is that something that you're uh you're mindful of
1: yeah we try not to do like the copy and paste if it's the same part so that every chorus is you know just a little different. Brett would have some more insight on that, but I think even sometimes too, like maybe we'll like take the double from the chorus before and put it and then like sing the new lead and stuff like that, you know, less load if it's something that's buried, but we try not to just be like, all right, same chorus.
2: Gotcha. Well, on the last line, woe is me, it doesn't resolve on the root note as it ends on that 15th bar. And my last question, and I rewound this part, Chris, I don't know how many times I listen to it soft, medium. I listen to it where my ears are bleeding in headphones. Then I put my, my studio speakers on, okay? Even listen to it in my car. Is there a cowbell buried in the mix here? Or what am I hearing? Fuck yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely right. Okay, okay. I'm like is this for real they put a cowbell in but it's awesome you could barely hear it but like i'm like what the heck is it? i'm thinking maybe there's like a delay on some instrument that's like you know give giving me a slap back here <music> whose idea was that and i guarantee that wasn't on the demo right
1: no that was not on the demo i think uh i think that might have been Brett or Brandon's idea I know it that definitely wasn't my idea
2: all of a sudden it it turned into like butt rock Leonard Skynyrd for a second but I'm digging it man I'm a Florida guy you can't you can't scare me with some Skynyrd
1: yeah we did we did a couple like (laughs) interesting moves on that record and this was one of them that I'm really stoked on
2: well the the old man's ears are still working I picked out I picked out the cowbell here and um listen I want to thank you for sitting in I'm proud of you guys. I'm really stoked for you. Um, I, I think the the world is yours right now. Keep doing whatever you're doing. Uh, you have a new record out that was released this year in 2023 uh, called Why Would I Watch? And what else is coming up with the band, man? Leave, leave the listeners what, uh, what you have going on.
1: Yeah, so when this interview comes out, I would say in about two weeks, we're starting our Why Would I Watch U.S. headlining tour with support from Heart Attack Man spanish love songs and ben quad then we got australian leg of the tour with our friends at free throw coming up and then we're supporting fallout boy and jimmy Eat world in the u.s and then there's more stuff i can't talk about yet but coming up after that
2: perfect man well hey thank you so much and tell all the guys i said hello all right yeah thanks for having me dude
3: so the tricks drinks up, concrete basement
0: Hey, I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Chris Freeman, but don't go anywhere. We got the band you might not know, we got the rap segment, we got lots more Chris to Makes a Podcast coming right up after a few words from our sponsors.
3: Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musician's Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.
2: As we near the end of the show, here's a band you might not know. Welcome to this week's Band You Might Not Know. If you'd like your band to be considered for Krista makes a podcast, All you have to do is email your best song via MP3 only and a short bio to know at gmail.com. This week's featured artist is Game Time, a pop punk band from Kansas City, Missouri, featuring Nick Picrell on bass and vocals, Kyle Devlin on guitar and vocals, and Gabe on the drums. You can find them on Instagram at GameTime underscore KC. Here's a snippet of their song, The Stories We Tell Ourselves. Some
3: time to grow I thought you dictate what we're locked in Learn to live and let go Take a breath and let it out Our past mistakes will follow Inwards where we are bound Redefine Reframe why Measure life in moments We create our own life Meaning we'll stay stuck The rap with Chris and Chris.
0: So, Chris, this was a fun episode. One of the things that Chris talked about, which I thought was really interesting, is that they had this restraint in a song that was relatively earlier in their career. And I know exactly what you're talking about when you're saying everyone, especially when you're in like a, a punk rock band <laughs> or a punk rock adjacent band, everyone just wants to play and wants to play loud all the time. We did that. Everybody does that. And most bands don't really understand dynamics yet right. when you're younger. But man, it adds so much when you're able to hold back some of the things about rock music that can make it exciting. Because if you don't, those things that are exciting, the loudness, the ripping parts, they get boring. They, they become like wallpaper if you don't have those dynamics. A- absolutely. And... You know,
2: a band like mine, there there was no thought of that. And then add in that we had, you know, at one time, three horn players. Everyone wants to play at the same time. We all... I need to be louder. I can't hear myself here. <laughs> but to your point, those dynamics, um, you know, the only way to make something sound uh, uh, soft is to have the part before it be louder uh, and vice versa. You have to have those peaks and valleys. And, yep. and uh, those are hard to do when you're uh,
0: you're a young songwriter. Yeah, you don't understand. I mean, sometimes... There are bands, I don't know, in the world of like hardcore and metal and stuff that I can't get into because I'm like, this is just loud and screaming the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the dynamics? It just sounds all the same to me. And that's such an important aspect of music for me to enjoy anyway. Mm -hmm. I'm not everybody. Everyone has their own taste. But I think that's really important. And I think it can make a part that's ripping and heavy sound 10 times bigger if it's coming from something that's not there yet, Mm -hmm. you know. So I thought that was a cool thing to talk about. Hey, man, I absolutely love tambourine. You guys brought up the subject of tambourine. (laughs) I think it adds something so cool to a song. I think the Gin Blossoms use it perfectly all the time (laughs) in their songs. The Gin Blossoms really made me love tambourine, but I just love it in general. Do you guys use? You guys have used tambourine in some lesson, Jake songs. Oh on, on on many songs. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you you kinda have to have it in there. And it's it's one of those things. It's tambourine's really interesting. it's either tucked in the mix where it's just it's just kind of there or it's really loud. I, I you know, rarely, if ever, do you hear a tambourine that's inaudible almost. It's kinda it's it's there. There'd be no reason for it, in my opinion, you know, but you know, kinda there or loud is, is where a tambourine and it just keeps the song moving, especially in this one. You know, you get to that bridge part where it comes in and it rocks through the rest of the song so that when you get to chorus three, it just inherently sounds faster. Uh, but it's not. It's the same tempo. It just gives it that urgency.
0: I think a lot of times the listener doesn't realize they're hearing that particular percussion, be it tambourine or shakers or whatever, but it just, it just adds a feel that you can't really describe. But then take it away, take it out of that same song, and you miss it so badly right well and and I, i've never talked about this before i'm going to give away i don't know if it's
2: a secret but how i break down these songs you would drive yourself nuts if you got into a bridge and you're like trying to discern everything that's going on in, in these 16 bars you know which ends up being like whatever 38 seconds of, of of time or or 28 seconds of time whatever it ends up being you you drive yourself nuts you have to literally go in and go okay i'm only listening at the tambourine For these many bars. That's all I listen to. Go, Okay, the tambourine's there the whole time. (laughs) Where's the active guitar? Oh, the active's there the whole time. Or the active stops after this many bars. Oh, it's only off to the right. You know, you have to do one thing at a time. And I definitely zone in on that tambourine. I, I love its placement in the song.
0: I never really thought about you when you're preparing for the episode, listening to a part of a song just to listen to that, to focus in on that one thing. I... I don't really think about it too much, and I produce the show. I'm sure the listeners aren't thinking about it too much. I went listen to a song. I'm listening to everything at once, but you are zoning in on one thing at a time right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I ultimately, I listen to the song as everybody does as
2: a, as a full cohesive idea of everything in the, in the pot, in the mix. But when you, when you're analyzing it under the microscope, uh, like we do here on the show. Um, yeah. You, you have to listen to one thing at a time when you start getting into the sections. Otherwise you'd, you'd never be able. I mean, you get a song like uh, uh, every time I die and we had Keith on here. I, you, yeah. you can't listen to that as a, a full idea and try to, to,
0: Describe what you just heard. <laughs> yeah. There are things out there which maybe five years down the line, if these things come along, although I'm sure they're already well along as it is, but that take out certain aspects. Like, I didn't know about this. There's a thing that can take the vocals out of any song for like karaoke. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's not going to work that well. That's going to be that's going to be pretty shitty or whatever. But then I heard it. I think my friend PJ showed me it. I'm like, oh, it does not like perfectly. That might be a useful thing in the future if you could take out one element of every song and just solo it like you're at the board or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that would, that would make the job a lot easier.
2: However, um, that wouldn't be the same in my opinion of what we do here because you have to hear how those songs, how those tones and individual parts are intertwined together in the mix. That's yeah. what makes them work. If you solo them out, then it's like, okay, but I think the magic uh, the magic's in the mix. And speaking of the mix, Chris, can we talk about the cowbell
0: that I yeah. that I thought I heard? Yeah, nice catch on that.
2: <laughs> the look on his face. he I'm like, either he's really perplexed and he just busts out this huge ear-to-ear grin. You know, he's like, yeah, there's a cowbell there. So weird.
0: It's hard to deny a cowbell, man. That's been a recipe for a hit song for a long time. That's right. Well, hey, we're not going to ask you for more cowbell, but we are going to ask you to join
2: our Patreon, which is called Supporting Cast over at Chris to makes.com. uh head over there and you can sign up and get uh bonus episodes each week of what we call the after party where chris and i sit here and talk even more for your listening pleasure chris DeMakes.com for the price of a cup of coffee at the shell gas station in romney north carolina you can support the podcast you know and love wow that's <laughs> that's very
0: specific i don't <laughs>
2: even know if there's a romney north carolina i made that up chris but oh, <laughs> Rob, were you thinking of Mitt Romney? <laughs> um, I don't think he's from North Carolina. No, I, I wasn't. No. I just I just made up.
0: You know, it's really funny. Less than Jake. Did you guys play at Duquesne University when I went there, or maybe you played right after I went um, there? Um, that sounds very familiar. Duquesne. Yes, that's where I went to college. And what's so funny when you said Romney? And whatever year that was, I think it is. I think that was the presidential election okay. uh, where Mitt Romney was in it. So that was after I graduated college. But I, guess, I think you guys played there. But you made a joke on stage about somebody's jeans looking like Mitt Romney's jeans. <laughs> I remember that, which I think is so funny. And it's amazing that I still remember that. That's what I only like you know knew you from touring not like i did now but it just brought back a memory anyway yeah supporting cast stuff that's what we were talking about yeah! Christa, makes.com if you want to hear us talk about mitt romney's jeans or <laughs> or other things like that and that's can, mitt romney's j e a n s right not not g e n e s no right? no not his genetics i do think okay. he has a lot of sons does he Fair. have a, a whole bunch of sons i'm pretty um, sure um I don't know, but
2: uh, I think fa- he does. Fa- fair enough. Never, never thought we'd talk about old Mitt on the show, but we just did. <laughs> old oh, Mitt. <man. laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, give me a follow on Instagram at less than Chris D. Give Chris a follow at less, not less than Chris Fathalius. Uh, should Chris, I get less
0: than Chris F? <laughs> give
2: Chris Fathalius uh, a follow on Instagram as well. I want to thank this week's guest, Chris Freeman, for sitting in the hot seat. And we'll see you next week.
0: Hey, Chris Makes a Podcast producer, Chris Fafalius here. You may have heard me talk about my band Punchline before. Maybe you already know us, or maybe you're hearing about us for the first time right now. It doesn't matter. No matter what your relationship with Punchline is, I will absolutely guarantee that you'll love our new podcast, A Band Called Punchline. Starting with our humble beginnings in a small town in southwestern Pennsylvania in 1997, We're telling the hilarious, strange, and hopefully inspiring story of the 25-plus years of our band in the most honest way possible, podcast style. A Band Called Punchline is an audio documentary available now wherever you get your pods. So subscribe and let me and my friends share a wild, entertaining, unique, and wonderful tale of music and perseverance unlike any other that's still being written today. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Van Flip podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Van Flip podcast. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know.